Hi, this is Pastor Scott Stroud, and I'd like to thank you for joining us online today as you're watching this sermon series. I know that COVID has had a big impact on the church, and many people have been viewing from home uh, for three years now. And so, if you're one of those, thank you for coming and interacting with us online. But I would also like to extend a personal invitation to come and check us out here at Elam. And we know that fellowship is very important. According to the Bible, we should not uh, give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And as you're thinking about, can you come now and, and venture out and join us uh, in, in person, uh, we would like to invite you and welcome you into the fellowship aspect of our worship time. Hope to see you soon on some Sunday at 10 a.m. study through the New Testament and looking at the life of Jesus. And as Jesus is teaching here today in this particular passage, we see that uh, he is telling parables. He's telling stories that relay a a message about uh, the kingdom, a spiritual reality. And in this particular message, he is looking at a sower. He's relating to farming. And uh, like many farmers through the years, uh, he talks about a man who's looking at a patch of ground. And he's wondering, will this patch of ground grow anything? I grew up in a a farming community back in Wisconsin. I spent many hours uh, driving those country roads behind Mennonite buggies and tractors. And everywhere you looked, you could see corn and hay, which was the main crop, uh, the main diet of the dairy cows in that area. It was a dairy area. But once in a while, you would see something very unusual. You'd see a stalk of corn growing up right in the middle of the ditch. (laughs) I always wondered, how did that stalk of corn get there? Did some bird drop some seed of corn there and it just grew up? Um, Perhaps maybe somebody threw some corn out the window, sweet corn or something like that. But then it dawned on me, I was following one day a tractor that was pulling a planter. And when they had filled the planter, some of the seeds had spilled out over onto the hopper there. And as it was bouncing down the road, those seeds were falling off onto the road. Now most of those seeds would get run over and crushed, or the birds would come and eat them. But once in a while, a seed would make it into the ditch. And there's this stalk of corn growing in a place where it shouldn't have been. And so the right conditions had come along, And there it was as a marble for all to see. The story of that stalk of corn is my story. There's no reason that I should have grown in the ground that I was in. The circumstances were just not right with choices that I had made, my family life. But God was working on this little patch of ground. And somehow, that seed that was sown into my life began to grow. And this is what our text is about this morning. Many times when I hear people preach on this text, I hear them talk about the different kinds of ground uh, that this sower sowed upon. This morning, we're actually not going to look at that so much as we are going to look at this sower. What lessons can we learn from him, and how can these lessons be applied to our lives as we seek to fulfill the Great Commission, where Jesus told his followers to go out and to sow this seed? And so the first lesson we can see here in this text is that this sower went out. 
Consider verse 3. It says, uh, a sower went out to sow. And so, the person who desires to be a sower, first of all, has to get up and get off the couch. <laughs> and this seems to be the most overlooked lesson, even though it's the most simple lesson. For some reason, we think that the field is going to come to us. Or maybe the field is going to come to the church. And so we spend the lion's share of our time and resources on developing things around the church and so that people come to us. That'd almost be like a farmer sitting in his house, opening up the window and just throwing corn seed out the window, thinking that it was going to grow there. And so what we have to do is we have to go if we want to be one of the sowers. And sometimes that means we have a willingness to go and walk over to our neighbor's house. Or perhaps talk to our barber or our stylist or somebody in the grocery store. Sometimes it means we have to have a willingness to engage people in conversation and then wait for an opportunity to talk about the Lord. The Bible tells us that we should always be ready to give an answer for the hope that we have. And sometimes that's as easy as it is. You don't have to become all nervous like, when am I going to insert this in? Or, you know, I, I see people actually, they insert it in at the strangest times, right? They almost try to turn every conversation into a conversation about Jesus. You know, somebody will be talking about, yeah, I was driving down the road the other day. Speaking of roads, did you know that the only road to heaven is narrow and straight? I mean, it just seems unnatural, right? And so what we want to do is we want to have conversations and develop friendships with people. And then in the midst of those conversations and those friendships, there will arise possibilities. Because people have a lot of problems in their lives. And they're going to look at your life and go, how can you be peaceful in the midst of this financial crisis or whatever it might be? And at that moment, you have an opportunity to sow into their lives, telling them what God has done for you. Remember that when Jesus gave the Great Commission, he said that we should first be witnesses in Jerusalem. That means your local area of influence. That's your Jerusalem. That's the first place you start. You don't need to think about, should I go off onto some mission, even though that might be the Lord's call for you. You can begin right where you're planted. The second thing we see is that he sowed the seed. One of the biggest problems with the contemporary church is that it's no longer sowing actual seed. They're sowing everything but seed. Jesus said here that the, kingdom, the seed is the word of the kingdom. And so what is that word? The word is Christ crucified, which was the message that Paul was determined to stay focused on when he was sowing the seed. But are we sowing the seed? You look around at churches and we don't see a lot of seed being sown. We see things that are for show. This could include things like the social gospel, which means that people get together and they talk about the best ways that we can impact the environment or the community or some social group. And there's nothing wrong, by the way, with any of those things. Those are all things that we can do in our life as a Christian. However, that's not the seed that was being sowed in the parable. The seed that was being sowed in the parable was about the death and resurrection of Christ, our sin, and how God wanted to come and save us. Or perhaps we hear today a message about tolerance. 
or prosperity. Only the gospel has the power to save and cause the growth. And when people begin to come under that gospel and order their lives in such a way, then all of those other things are going to come into line for them. They're going to be receiving that from the Lord. And the Holy Spirit will then be within them, helping them to do those things that they need to do in life. But you didn't come here to hear a pep talk about social issues. You came here to hear how God touched your life and sent his son to die for you. Next we see here that he did not discriminate where he sowed. I've always thought that the sower here in Jesus' parable has got to be one of the worst farmers I've seen. I mean, he's just throwing seed everywhere. You'd think Jesus would say something like this to his disciples. Go out and prepare the ground. And make sure that it's all plowed up, get the rows nice and straight, and then carefully take this precious seed that I've given you and plant it in only places where you know for sure that it will grow. However, this guy, he's just throwing seed everywhere. And do you know why he's throwing seed everywhere? Because the seed is limitless. He keeps reaching in the bag and there's more seed. It doesn't run out. Romans 14.10 asks the question, Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. And if you're like me, there have been times when you have despised your brother or sister. And what I mean by this is that you have thought, they're not worth the seed. <laughs> It's just a waste of my time and a waste of this precious gift that God has given. And so we might not reach into the bag in that moment. However, we have an example of an exuberant sower here. He throws seed on the path knowing that the birds are probably going to come and eat it up. He throws seed into the thorn bushes knowing that it's probably going to get choked out. And so... The lesson for us is don't discriminate. Don't look at someone and think they're not worthy of the seed. That could have been the case for me. How can we sow seeds to Scott? How can I go into prison and minister to these guys? They're beyond help. God can't use them. And so somebody came and they sowed exuberantly into my life. The next thing we see here is that some sow, some water, and some weed. We get this from 1 Corinthians 3.8. And here we see it says, He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. And so it's true that some people have the gift of evangelism, right? They're natural evangelists. They go out in every situation they find. They're talking to people. They're in the grocery store line. They're talking to people. They're at the gas station. They're talking to people. And you know those kind of people? They really annoy me. <laughs> and the reason is because I'm not like that. They make me feel inferior. However, I might not be them. I might not be that kind of guy. And so I have to try not to feel too guilty because I might be the waterer. I might be the one who comes along and waters the seed that's already been planted. 
And if you'll take note here, the one who sows has a one-time job. He's out in the field, and it's a singular event, a singular encounter many times with this individual. And that's the way they're wired up, right? They're wired up, i got to get this person saved. And then once that happens, now i got to go on, i got to get this person saved. They're always looking for the next new person that hasn't heard about Jesus. And that's fantastic. It's great that we have people like that in the kingdom. However, the majority of people, I would say, are probably waterers. Okay? That seed gets into the ground, and it needs a lot more time. It needs multiple interactions. In fact, we see that it takes 3,000 gallons of water to produce one bushel of corn, 56 pounds of corn. 3,000 gallons. That's a lot of watering that needs to take place. And so you might be that waterer. Somebody has to be there to encourage those little plants, to give them the nutrition that they need. And so perhaps that's your job. Okay, and I added one more of my own. Uh, we don't see this in this particular verse. But we see those who are uh, meant to be spreading pesticide, right? Pesticide, we're talking about the bugs and the diseases and the things that come. Those plants are growing and they're doing fine. And then something comes into their life that affects them, gives them disease, causes them to shrivel up and die. Things like doubt. Doubt besetting sins that keep pulling them away and can steal that new life from a believer. And so the bug killer confronts, rebukes, and encourages the Christian in their spiritual growth. And if that's your job, if you find yourself always wanting to speak into people's lives and encourage them and correct them and rebuke them, you might be the pesticide guy or woman. Okay? And that takes a lot of prayer, takes a lot of discernment because you could be spraying the wrong stuff and killing the wrong, kill the plant instead of actually the bugs or the fungus, you know? It takes listening to the Holy Spirit in the midst of a conversation, trying to determine, Lord, what do you see in this particular moment? And then we see in Mark 4.27 that God gives the growth. This is the secret of the success of the, the sower. We see a mystery here. The farmer rises and sleeps night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. And so the secret to the sower is that he's not responsible for the plant growth. All he's responsible for is sowing the seed and watering pesticide. He can't you know, force it to grow. And if we don't come to terms with this, we'll go crazy as a sower, as a spiritual farmer. Why don't some accept the seed? Why do some accept it? Why doesn't this one grow? Why does this one seem to be dying? We can only sow the seed and pray for rain. Another question you might have that's driving you crazy? Why did my one kid, who I raised exactly the same as the other kid, he accepted it and she didn't, or she did and he didn't? Drive you nuts. Drive you crazy. John 6, says, No one can come to me, Jesus, unless the Father who sent me draws him. 
That's the main responsibility, God drawing the individual. And it's interesting that word draws, it's kind of lost a little power in the English language. When we think of draw, we think of Jesus draw me closer and this gentle sort of, you know, wooing. Actually, in the original language, it means to drag, like a donkey, (laughs) you know. You grab it and you drag it. No one can come to me unless the Father drags them. And that's most of our experience, right? None of us willingly, oh, less Lord, I'll follow you. Most of us got drug here, right? Because we're stubborn and we're obstinate. We're resistant. And so it's the Father who brings that amazing power of the Holy Spirit upon you. Just wrapping up today, did you know that the rocky soil doesn't always need to stay rocky? Did you know that the bird-infested areas don't always need to stay bird-infested? Did you know that the thorny area can be cleared away? Maybe someone comes in, burns up that brush, clears the land, and now there's suddenly an area where seed can take root. Did you know that the birds can be chased away by a scarecrow or a shotgun? Maybe somebody comes in and they do some work ahead of time on that soil that is very resistant. Or maybe there's some good soil where you didn't expect it, like in the ditch. Maybe that seed was just lying there dormant, waiting for somebody to come along and sprinkle a little bit of water on it to keep the bugs away. One lesson I'd love to add from my own experience is that a good farmer doesn't give up just because they've had one bad year. I had many people sow into my life, and by all outward appearances, it would have seemed I was on the fast track to hell, probably would have been dead by 30. But God was not finished bringing people into my life to sow seed, to water, to spread that pesticide. He was using the plow of trials and troubles in my life to break up that soil. And by the way, if you see somebody that's going through trouble that you love and that they need the Lord, don't swoop in and enable them and rescue them from the trouble. Because the trouble itself is the thing that's going to churn up the rocky soil and their hard hearts so that they may be able to receive that seed in. And so my question for you this morning is, who do you think the Lord wants you to sow seed into their life? And I know I said a little bit earlier that there might be this guy, the evangelist, the weirdo that goes out and you know, shares Jesus with everybody. However, every single Christian should be talking about their relationship with the Lord and sowing pe- seed into people's lives. It's a responsibility for everybody. And so sometimes it's as easy as inviting them to church or handing them a track or whatever or asking them about their spiritual life. And this week it's going to be easy. I have an assignment for you. Everybody should have gotten a little track that says Father's Love Note or something like that on the front of it. And then an invitation to Elam. And so your assignment this week is to go out and give that to one person. Okay? And they might be like, what's this all about? Well, hey, and I just want to share the, you know, it's Valentine's Day coming up here and I want you to know that God really loves you sent his son to die for you, and that's some of the love that we talk about at Elam. Come stop by sometime on a Sunday morning. 
Some of you are just like petrified. You're already in your mind going, I will not do that. No, forget it. Something else, please. Okay? Sometimes we've got to do the hard things. And by the way, I was just looking at some of the surveys we handed out last week. 60% of those surveys said that they started coming to Elam because a family member or a friend invited them. 60%. Have you ever invited somebody to come here? Somebody invited you, probably, or maybe you found us online or whatever it might be. And so that's your opportunity to bring them in because this is the place where they're going to receive a lot of watering, some pesticide, encouragement, those kinds of things. That's what we're about here, presenting the gospel, helping people grow in their faith. And so please pray this week, God, bring somebody into my life. Who should I hand this thing to? Who should I give this to? I'm going to do it too, right? Okay, I don't just put these assignments on you and then sit back. No, I'm going to do it too. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you today, and Lord, I pray that your hand would be upon us as we go out now to sow that seed. Show us, Lord, areas that we can just sow exuberantly, and people that we probably don't expect that will even listen or come. But Lord, surprise us. Bring people that we never expected, Lord. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this sermon series from Elam. If you are encouraged today, would you consider supporting our online ministry through a financial contribution? Personal checks can be made out to Elam Lutheran Church and sent to 11504 26th Street, Northeast, Lake Stevens, Washington, 98258. Or you can give online at elamlutheran.net. Thank you and may God bless you the rest of your day.